What's going on on my podcaster, C-Jizzle and the fucking Wizzle, bringing you episode two of the night, and usually I wouldn't do this, but it's kind of continued on from the last one, uh, talking about my father and stuff like that, and it's kind of opened up something that I really want to kind of talk about on a, on an actual podcast. On an actual live stream, kind of get it off my chest, I guess. Um, there's a lot of things that people don't know about my father. Now, um, he had three children. He had me. He had both my sisters. Now, for the most part, he says that he was working three jobs. Most of the time. He was working all the time. Trying to pay child support. Blah, blah, blah. Now, we we didn't ever see that shit. He talked about how he was working all the time. It was because he wanted to pay for him to have shit. And pay for his dates so he can go out on dates with females. He wasn't working three jobs to pay for us children. Let's just say that. I know that for a fact. Many times I had to go without shit. Growing up, my father wasn't there. Um, So we'll get on to that later, but um, he lied. I know he lied to make himself look better because he's done that shit in the past. And once I found out that my father was a liar with other shit in the past, just some stuff here and there on how he described things and over-exaggerated things, once I found out that he was a liar, I said, how can I trust, you know, deep, I never told him this, but I'm thinking deep down inside, I'm like, how can I fucking trust you? When you come out with all this garbage and bullshit, right? And there was a lot of times where I'd go over to his house and he'd be on this rampage still about how my mother's never done anything for me and blah, blah, blah. Like 10 years later. And it got to the point where I was like 17 years old. And I got tired of this shit. I'm like, dude, you want to keep talking shit about my mom? I'm going to fucking fuck you up. Don't say shit about my mother anymore. And he kept talking shit about my mother, and he kept talking shit about her while we were in the kitchen one day. And I got into a fucking fist fight with him in the kitchen. And it scared my stepmom, supposedly. Supposedly, she said she was scared. Now, I don't know what you expect, but when you talk shit about somebody's mother... Constantly, when it's not the fucking truth, what the fuck do you expect? When I tell you clearly, stop fucking talking shit about my mother. You know, she has nothing to do with how you live, and, you know, this fucking guy, like, you can just tell. He's he's the most piece of shit dad of the year. Like, we used to go on vacations here and there. 
And he used to use that to his advantage and say, well, at least I can take my kids on vacation because I got the money to. But every time that we went on vacation, listen, it was what they wanted to do. We never got to do what we wanted to do. It was always what they wanted to do. So, for my 21st birthday, it was the most terrible fucking birthday ever. It was terrible. It took me to Florida for my 21st birthday, right? It was supposed to be for my birthday. And when we got there, I didn't get I didn't get any say so in what we wanted to do. You know, they wanted to go to the fucking Daytona Beach. They wanted to go to do this. They wanted to go do that. My uh, stepmom wanted to go get a coach purse. Um, it was never what I wanted to do, even though it was my fucking birthday. So, you know, looking back at it, it's like, what the fuck did he ever do that was, that was good, right? The only thing that I remember from me and my father spending quality time together was me and him putting Christmas lights up. Whenever me and him would get together and put Christmas lights up, it was kind of like a, like a special thing. You know, kind of like a special feeling. And we were both very good at it. And we were both very coordinated with it. That was about the only thing that me and him shared a passion about was Christmas lights. Anytime throughout the year, he wouldn't, he would, he would be totally against me. It didn't matter about what, you know, um, for the longest time, he didn't know that I smoked weed, I think that he thought that I did, but once he got his nerve damage and neuropathy, I tried to talk him into getting his medical marijuana license, now, this guy doesn't smoke. He doesn't smoke cigarettes, he doesn't smoke weed, he doesn't drink. Every once in a blue moon he'll drink and then he gets fucking stupid. That's the reason why he don't drink. But I told him about getting his medical marijuana license even before it was legal. And he was like, oh no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Well, I mean, listen. You got all this pain and shit. What the fuck do you want? You know? The least you can do is smoke a joint and shut the fuck up. And he's like, oh, that's such against my fucking... That's such against my morals, pretty much. I'm like, dude, you know, this is coming from a guy that... He used to believe in the Bible and shit. Now he believes in Scientology. And I'm like, dude, you're worried about smoking some weed. <laughs> you need to be more worried about finding Jesus and God. 
honestly. I mean, so me and my father fell apart probably after I was 21, but before I was 30. Probably about like, it's been about five years. So, yeah, I'm going to say... 23, 24 was probably the last time I talked to my father. It's crazy. Absolutely fucking crazy. I don't even know what he sounds like. I don't even know what he sounds like. I don't know what he looks like. I'm sure he fucking looks terrible. He looks older. Uh, I'm sure his nerve damage has gotten worse. But there's nothing that I can say to him, even if I, even if me and him showed up face to face, what, what am I going to say to somebody like that, you know, like, he's a fucking piece of shit, and there's nothing that I want from him, I don't know who the fuck he is, you know what I'm saying, I don't know, I don't know. And a lot of people tell me if I don't fucking, if I don't swallow my pride and deal with it, I'm going to regret it. And I don't want to fucking regret nothing. I don't regret anything, honestly. I mean, like I said, the way that I was treated and everything, uh, I don't really want anything to do with them. But I feel like 40 years from now, or whatever, I mean, I've tried to make amends with him. I tried to get a hold of him last summer and tell him that we need to bury the hatchet. And he didn't want anything to do with it. And then he gets a hold of my sister and he tells my sister that he wants to talk to me and shit after the fact. Maybe it's because he realized that I'm a real man. That's what it is. Because I was the one that called him. I was the one that told him, let's put this shit behind us. He didn't want to do that. He was being a little bitch about it. He was whining about shit and fucking... I was the grown adult and said, I don't give a fuck what happened or who did it, but let's put this shit behind us. Let's be adults. Let's continue our fucking relationship like we used to. He didn't want anything to do with that. And now, all of a sudden, he wants something to do with it. That's crazy. Well, you know, back six months to a year ago, he wanted something to do with it. I told my sister to tell him that I'm not in a... I'm not in a good enough position to deal with that right now. So, it's not always up to you when you want to deal with shit. You know? And I feel like that's what his, that's what he thought was, I gave him the opportunity, he turned it down, and he wanted to, he wanted to push his prerogatives on me to where I had to deal with him on his time. 
that's not the way it works. I'm a grown fucking adult. I've got things to do. I've got so much shit going on in my life that I give you the opportunity and I forgive you. You better fucking take it because I don't give very many people forgiveness. I usually give that to God. I usually let God deal with forgiveness, but in this particular case, what he did to me and whatnot, I was willing to put that in the past. I was willing to forgive him, and I did. I gave him the opportunity, and he didn't want it. He didn't want that opportunity. That's his That's his problem. That's his fault. I'm not going to go back and give him the opportunity for the second time. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to let him sit there and I'm going to let him think about it. On how much of a piece of shit he really is. Me and my father have never been to a baseball game together. We never been to a football game together. We never, you know, went to a titty bar. We went to Hooters one time when I was a younger kid. When I was like fucking 13 years old. I don't remember. Never again. Never again. We, you know, when I was 18, 20, 22, 25, you know, we never went to Hooters again, it's crazy, you know, it was like a little fucking something to make him feel better about himself, I guess, I don't know, never went to a football game, never went to a fucking baseball game or a football game and had some beers, had some hot dogs. That's what the fuck being a father is about. Going out and doing some fishing. Having some fucking beers. Building some shit. You know, he he taught me some shit when it comes to carpentry. I watched him build out some shit. But... He, he always talks about how there's not a rule book to be a father and blah, blah, blah. Listen, if I was a father, if I was in the same position, I would never, ever do the shit that he did. Never. It would never even exist in my mind. So, the only thing that you want for your kids are the good the greatest shit so yeah you might have taught me some carpentry skills or whatnot but you also need to teach me how to be a better man and how to do this and how to do that and you didn't do that I did that all on my own I used to you know I only used to see my father every what like um, I used to go and see my father when I was a kid, up until I was like 16, I used to go and see him every two weeks, 
for the weekend. So it would be one week would go by and on the second week. So I would only get to go over to my father's for every like two weekends in a month. And every Saturday or every Wednesday after that. So we'd go over there for Friday, Saturday, Sunday and go home. And then we would come back every Wednesday after that. And it was terrible. It was terrible because my father was um, still pissed off at my mother and shit. And he would go out and buy clothes and shit and say, you can only keep these clothes here. You can't take them home to your mother's house. Or we'd go out and buy a new toy. Thank God. I mean, if he actually did. And he would say, you got to keep it here. You can't take that home with you. You got to keep it here. And like I said, I used to only go over there for two weekends a month. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't that often. And I used to always ask him, why do I got to keep this here? And the reasoning that he always gave me was because if you take it home, then your mother's going to say, your mother's going to try and steal it and, you know, then I'm never going to see it again. Now, who else does my mother have that's the same size clothes that I wear as a kid? Who can use those same clothes and whatnot? You know what I'm saying? So, you're sitting here saying that if I take these clothes home, my mom's going to steal them, basically, or not give them back. And then when I come back, you know, it was crazy. I mean, growing up was crazy. You know, um, I miss my grandfather because... My grandfather would have whooped my father's ass. He was such a stern but fair guy. And if my grandfather seen half the shit my father did, he'd beat his fucking ass in the ground. And that's the thing. When my, fa when my grandfather was around, my father was never good enough. And I feel like that's why my father has to try and treat me that way because his father was the same way. I don't know. But one thing that I do know is my grandfather would have never got drunk and tried to kill one of his only sons or one, any of his sons. I mean, he wouldn't have gotten drunk and tried to kill any of his sons. So, um, it's a problem. It's a problem. I don't know how to deal with it. Because you can, you can give somebody forgiveness, you can repent and whatnot, but I don't want anything to do with him. I hate him. I don't, you know, he wants to be a part of my life or whatever. I don't want anything to do with that. 
I guess the first step is maybe going out to breakfast and talking about shit. That's probably the first good step because we got a lot of catching up to do and um, even if he wants to ask for forgiveness, like I'm going to tell him, you know, I forgive you, but there's, you know, I don't know you, you know, and there's a lot of things that you don't think about when it comes down to that. I'm literally sitting face to face with somebody that tried to kill me. I should really, I, I should have really pressed charges on him for attempted murder. You know, he tried to kill me on a fucking deserted lake road, basically. And it came out as a domestic charge and he got off on it and blah blah blah. Well, it should have been an attempted murder charge. You know, with me being young and me being stupid and me being dumb, you know, but that's what it was. It was fucking attempted murder. So, what it's going to come down to is we're going to go to breakfast, we're going to have a good fucking time, and he's going to admit to the fact that he did what he did, and I'm going to tell him. This is your last fucking chance for forgiveness. I've already tried to give you forgiveness before. I've already tried to extend that offer. This is the last fucking chance. And even then, I'm going to let them know that it's never going to be the same. We're never going to hang out and fucking... Unless you make a hundred or two hundred fucking percent effort and turn around. Yeah, I might come over here every other weekend or something and hang out with you. Maybe grill out and shoot the shit. But that is a far-fetched fucking tale. At this point. It's crazy to even think that I would go over to his house and have a barbecue with him. When, you know, five years ago he tried to fucking kill me. And he tries to blame it on the fact that I was drunk. And he's still gonna try and pull that shit. And I'm gonna tell him. Flat out. You know, the evidence doesn't lie. If I, you know, because he initially said that I fell down the stairs. That I was drunk and I fell down the stairs. Well, if I fell down the stairs... I would have fallen forwards, and my face would be fucked up in the front. But the fact that I had gravel in the back of my head tells the officers the same thing, that I didn't fall down the stairs forward. It's the reason why they came to your house and arrested you. So, it's a very sensitive subject. It's a very... You know, I don't know, um, I'm going to give him some more time. I'm going to give him some more time. Because I feel like I'm not ready yet. 
and he has to kind of come to the realization of what he did. Still, you know, you tell them what they did, and they're like, yeah, 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 you know, you fucking did that. You caused all that shit. And then once you let them sit there and think about it, they're like, man, yeah, I was a fucking dickhead, you know? Shouldn't have probably done that, you know? And it's been a long time. It's been five plus years. And I've had nightmares. I've had nightmares. I had a dream one time where me and my father were at war. And it was like World War Three. There was fucking mortars going off around us. Shit was exploding everywhere. We were in a draft. We were running together. And we were in the same company and everything. It was really heart-wrenching. And uh, he ended up running a little bit further in front of me and he ended up getting hit by a mortar. And I had to drag him away. And when I dragged him in, to the bushes when I dragged him into the brush in the trees he was telling me how much he loved me and all this other shit and it was a very hard thing but looking back at it now it's like how much do you really love me you know what I'm saying now that I'm, that I'm growing up it's like how much do you really love me because I haven't, I haven't heard from you in five years after you tried to kill me, so. If I had a kid, okay, I don't have any kids right now, but. If I had a kid, and it was my only son, my only son, I would want to make sure that I kept in contact with him, because... You never fucking know. Your son can move off to Washington State, Minnesota, North Dakota. Who the fuck knows? And you'll never see him again. Okay? That's how easy it is to lose contact with somebody. And when you got somebody that's right here in the same state, in the same city, 15 minutes away... And you can't even fucking swallow your pride. Then, you know, it is what it is. You know, I mean, I can't sit around here forever. That's what I told my mom. I gotta get out of here eventually. Even if that means getting land somewhere else. Paying property taxes somewhere else. So, anywho, people can sit here and paint a pretty picture, but whenever it comes down to it, 
There's more to the story. There's one thing that my father taught me, and he didn't really mean to teach me this, but along the way, he taught me on how not to raise children. How not to raise children. Um, I come from a generation where they used to whoop kids. They used to fucking spank kids all the time whenever I was growing up. And, you know, just to give you an idea, my mother was going to bingo all the time. She'd come home, and uh, back then they had 25-cent hamburgers from Hardee's. They'd get a whole fucking bag of hamburgers. Um, things were great over there on that side. Uh, my stepdad was one of the people that was up at the hospital instead of my father. My own stepdad was one of the people that got me to eat bacon, right? And one of the nurses yelled at him for it because he offered me bacon. And um, I loved it. He said I loved it. So I still love bacon to this day. Bacon is one of my favorites. And... I can't express more in my heart about how much more of a father that my stepdad was than my own father. Now, my mother has a problem with my ex-stepfather still to this day. She talks to him and everything and whatnot, but... Um, he had his own drug problems. He was dealing with meth. He was dealing with other shit. But he was a good fucking dad. He was a good dude. He's a good dude. Period. We all have our fucking problems. We all have our vices. We all get into shit we don't need to get into. Um, he was way better of a father than my own dad. He might not have money and shit like my dad did, but who gives a fuck? So, you know, we used to sit on the couch together and watch wrestling. That was one of the first people that got me into wrestling. WCW Nitro used to come in all the time whenever I was a kid. WCW NW Nitro. Man, those were the fucking days. Those were the days. He used to fall asleep on the couch watching this shit. And I spent more time around him than my own father. And this guy was a good dad. He was a good guy. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, he fucking had his his drug problems and shit, but he was a good fucking dude. One of the best stepdads that I could ever have. We'd go out fishing together, you know, 
and like I said, my mom still talks to him and shit. And we've been talking about how we need to go out and do some fishing. And we really do. But totally fucking do- good dude. Now, I can't say that about my dad. I can't go out on a limb and say, hey, my dad's a totally fucking good dude. I can't do that. Because he's not. He's not. So, total complete difference. And, you know, I'm trying to work around that. Mentally, physically, you know, I'm trying to set myself up to where I can actually talk to my dad, for one. But for two, I'm trying to set myself up to where me and my ex-stepdad can go fishing and shit together as well. Because me and my real dad are never going to go fishing together. And... Like I said, my stepdad was twice as much as the real dad that I've ever I ever should have had. So recently he lost his real son. He had a real son that was my stepdad, my ex stepdad had a son that was his own blood. Now, Stephen, which was his name, was a stepbrother of mine, and Stephen was into smoking weed, into doing drugs, into the whole rap game and shit, but not really into the rap game, if you know what I mean. And I think he ended up getting a hold of some bad shit. Because he was into cocaine and other shit like that. But I think he overdosed and he ended up dying. And, um... My ex-stepdad has to think about that every day. He doesn't have a son anymore. So... The fact that I'm still around... Me and him can still go out and do some fishing. You know what I'm saying? So I plan on doing that here soon starts getting a little colder you know October within the next month or so I'm going to get a hold of them see what what's going on it's really sad it's really sad so basically what I'm trying to say is family is what you make it and there's plenty of biological family in North Carolina that I've never met, for one. And the people that I have met, when I did go to North Carolina, I went and seen my Aunt Wanda, and it was, it was a terrible experience. Terrible. Just because they're family doesn't mean anything. Especially when you've never met them a day in your life. So, um... Family is what you make it, and there's plenty of people out there that are good hard people that I 
that are like brothers before in the past. And I consider them like like family. So even to this day, there's a couple people that I consider a brother. And one of them is Lamar. And I haven't talked to him in a long time. But he knows that he's a brother of mine. You know what I'm saying? If me and Lamar were in front of some police officers, he knows that I've got his back. Um, and Delante is another one. We've been friends since, you know, <laughs> he was in middle school. He grew up around the corner from my mother, and, um, I don't really talk to him that often. You know, I let him kind of do his thing, being an adult, but I think that I need to get a hold of him, kind of reach out to him, have a barbecue, you know, shit like that. So... Sometimes when you're busy with life and you're thinking about shit and you're overthinking shit, just put that shit to the side and worry about shit that actually matters. About people that actually matter. Because the more that you think about all this this shit around you and shit that don't matter and so caught up in your work life and shit like that, that's when you start losing people around you. And it's been a long time since me and my friend Delante have had a cookout together. And uh, he's one of the only true friends that I have that is still around. One of the only friends that I've had since, like I said, he was in middle school. He's pretty much like a brother to me. And he's one of the only people that I have around um, that I can do that with. So, I really, uh, I don't want to say I lost a sense society but I've been so busy with trying to find myself that I don't care about anything else around me I don't care about anybody else you know I've been focusing on myself lately and what I'm trying to do is not only focus on myself but start incorporating people to kind of catch up on. Like my friend Delante. You know we haven't had a cookout in a long time. So. With my father. You know I'm not going to necessarily. Talk to him. And if I do. It's not going to be the greatest. And. I'm probably not going to want anything to do with him. So. 
but at the same time, it needs to be, it needs to come out and it needs to be talked about and it needs to be solved. And so I've got all these, these quashes, got all these quarrels that I want to solve. I want to get it out of the way. Because if I died tomorrow, I don't want any fucking, I don't want anything unfinished. So, even if me and my father aren't going to talk, even if there's nothing we can relate to, I want to get this shit out of the fucking way. I want to get this over with. I want to get this fucking dealt with. And I would say around Christmas time probably would be the best time me and my father to settle shit, be a little bit more mentally stable, financially stable, and it'll be the perfect Christmas present, so I'm going to end up making a box, probably, and inside the box is going to be a note, and inside the note is going to say that... I know you're going through some shit, and I know we've had our fucking problems, but it's time to be a real man and accept the gift of forgiveness. That's pretty much what it's going to say. So, I don't, you know, I've already given him the chance for forgiveness once, and I don't give the chance for forgiveness twice. I really don't. So I hope that when he gets this, that he makes the right choice. Because if he he chooses to be an asshole about it, or chooses not to accept it, or whatever, then that's going to be on him. I don't plan on um, going over to his house and talking about shit because I know that if me and my father get together and we start talking about it he's like I said he's going to say that I tried starting it and things are just going to escalate from there so it's best to just um, accept it it's best to just accept shit and move on He's got a wife right now that he's married to a black woman, long story short, and I'm not racist by any means, but from living with him and seeing the patterns and everything, it seems like she's just living with him because of the money. And once... He stopped making the money. It seemed like she became a lot more frustrated and she didn't want anything to do with him. And I don't know. Like, it's been. She's still with him, I guess. But it's been a long time. And 
I'm sure that they're living off of her... Whatever she's making right now. Plus what he's making on disability. I don't know. Because I know that he can't work anymore. So... Honestly, I'm going to give it another 10 years, and she's either going to leave him, or she's going to stick with it. 10 more years. And I'm only 32, so by 42, we're going to see what's going on. And by 42, I plan on seeing a lot of different things. I hope by then... I've already started a retirement plan, which I've already kind of thought about, to be honest. Um, thought about moving out west and not only having a daytime job, but having an evening job, maybe, to where I can sell sweet corn or watermelon on the side of the road. Who knows? You know, you go to a farmer and you say, hey, I'm going to buy a hundred of your watermelons for a flat price. Okay. He gives you that opportunity, but let's say you take those watermelons out in the Arizona desert and you're selling them on the side of the road and you buy a hundred watermelons and only 50 of them you sell. Alright, so you've already paid the farmer $1,000, let's just say. I don't know. I don't know how much it costs. So you paid the farmer $1,000 for all these watermelons. And you're expecting to get more profit than what you expected, right? So you get all these watermelons and you pay a thousand dollars, right? You wanted to sell a hundred, but you only sold fifty. That's not a that's not a loss. You know, a lot of people would say that's a loss, but you can turn around the next day and sell those other 50 watermelons so you know a lot of people would say that's terrible that's a loss I don't know how long watermelons last I think they last more than a week but like I said same thing with sweet corn like, if you get sweet corn on the side of the road, especially if you're in somewhere like Arizona, if you get a shitload of sweet corn and you take it to Arizona and sell it on the side of the road, you're going to fucking, you're going to make bank. Okay? Because, first of all, who the fuck, who on, you know, if you're on Interstate 80... In the middle of fucking, you know, Nevada or California or fucking wherever. Middle of the desert. 
who the fuck has sweet corn? Nobody. Nobody has sweet corn in the middle of the desert. Okay, that's a Midwest thing. So, let's say you fill up your trunk with 200 pounds of fucking sweet corn. And you sell it for two of them for $6. Or something crazy like that, you know. You are going to make bank. Okay, I don't know how much... How many ears it takes to make a pound. But if you had like fucking 100 pounds or 200 pounds of sweet corn. That's bank. That's money right there. I'm telling you. And everybody and their brother is going to pull over to buy it. You want to know why? Because it's fresh fucking sweet corn on the side of the road. They don't have to go to Walmart or anything. You pull over, you get your sweet corn, you get your peppers or whatever, and you're gone. These kind of points would be very, very um, useful in places like rural counties like in North Carolina, South Carolina, up in the mountains. Where they, they don't have a corner store for like fucking 20 miles, you know. You can have somewhere that you sell fresh herbs, fresh spices, fresh vegetables. You can make profit, I'm telling you. It's all about thinking about where you need to put it. And around... Liberty, North Carolina, there's not a lot of places, you know, it's not too far from the Georgia border, long story short, but you don't have a lot of, there's no Walmarts around, let's put it that way, you got corner stores every 20 miles or whatever, but there's been arsons and shit. Where they burn that shit down and then they don't have a corner store for the next 60 miles. So, you know, it, 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 it's kind of made me think about shit. And it's kind of made me think about opening up a restaurant as well. Not just having a corner store, but having a restaurant. Especially in... You know, I might have one spot over here in bumfucked Egypt where nobody can get any groceries. But I'm going to have another location somewhere else where I can actually make my bread and butter. So, um, thinking about it, I haven't really thought about what, what city really needs it the most. Because... There's so many rural counties out there in North Carolina and South Carolina. And so I thought about maybe just making a food truck. Making a food truck because, you know, 
didn't have to travel around. And um, I think I'm going to make it strictly exclusive to the North Carolina and South Carolina area. So, you know, um, going over here for couple months, going over here for a couple months, going over here for a couple, you know, I'm going to be bouncing around, and, you know, throughout the state of North Carolina, if you bounce around five, six times a year, if you think about it, it don't matter where you go, people are going to follow you, as long as your shit's good enough, people are going to follow you, so... Whether you're by the beach, or whether you're three hours inland, as long as you got some good food, people are going to fucking, they're going to flock everywhere. So, it don't really matter. Now, one of the things that I can say is, it is better to invest into somewhere that's closer to the water but with the real estate and shit the way it is it's just way too much money to fork out just to have a piece of property you know let alone to pay your workers and food costs and all that other shit so a food truck is really that's, that's, you know, becoming a thing of the future, long story short. It's becoming a thing of the normal, and I've talked about it in the past, and I'm not going to talk too much about it, but it seems like that's the way to really go, and it, you know, uh, depending on what state you live in, you have to get a food license, you have to get a business license, you have to also get, I think, one or two other licenses, I'm not sure, and then you also have to pay taxes, which is astronomical when it comes to what you're actually making and what you're actually paying. So, I think that if you were to end up on a beach somewhere and you were to charge $8 for a horseshoe, you can make $900,000 a year very easily. If you charged $8 a piece. So, you know, um, you're going to have to pay taxes and all that shit. And that's actually, that's only figured out for like 300 horseshoes a day at the most. At the most. I think I only figured out like 150 horseshoes a day. So, 
that being said, you can double, um, you know, I figured in about $900,000, you could double that really if you were willing to hire the work and willing to put in the work, but you'd also have to pay your workers and all that other shit, um, but $900,000 a year minus taxes for a little food truck, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, that's, that's fucking money right there. So, all it takes is to get a food handler's license, to get a business license, to get a food truck license, go out and get a food truck. Now, those are going to cost like 40 grand. Um, and then to redo the inside of it, it's going to cost probably another 40 grand. So, who knows? Um, but it's, it's something that if you pay 40 grand, you pay another 40 grand, it's going to be an investment that lasts you for the next 10 fucking years. And you better hop on the bandwagon while it exists, you know what I'm saying, so, take another shot of, uh, I think this is the last shot, almost on, I don't know, ah, got one more, had a double shot, so, Anywho, let's get to the 58-minute mark. I made two podcasts tonight. I usually, I don't make three. I'm, I'm not going to make three tonight. Let's put it that way. So, for the next one, keep it real. Keep it locked. Keep it tuned. Because... Who knows what's going to happen six months from now. Um, things, things are going to change. I mean, uh, with van life and whatnot. So, I had planned on having $10,000 saved up. And even if I have half of that, I'm still going to get into van life. So, keep it tuned, keep it locked, keep it real. And with all the crazy shit going on in the world, fuck everybody else, but just do yourself. So, till the next one, it was real, it was fun, but it has been real fun. So, till the next one, see Jizzle and the Whizzle, and I'm signing off.